0: Hey, I'm Marcy Lundy. Today is Tuesday, May 13th, or excuse me, June 13th, 2023. And this is the Cult of Kindness podcast. I'm very excited to have a guest for this week, and we'll also have his book as our book of the month for the month of June. Please welcome Matthew Brownstein. Hey, Marcy, thanks for having me on. Sure thing, Matthew. Uh, Just reading about you, you are exceptionally accomplished, first of all. (laughs) And so uh, the book of the month that we're going to have for June is Peace Under All Circumstances, the 10 Questions. Uh, And I thought that maybe we could just begin by getting to know you a little bit if you could tell the Cult of Kindness audience a bit about yourself.
1: Sure, happy to, and based on the book I'll focus on, because as you saw my bio, there's a lot we could cover. Um, Yet the Peace Under All Circumstances theme came about because when I was 19 years old, I had a really profound spiritual experience. And for the sake of time, without going into all the details, I can say one of the components of that experience was profound peace. And it was not just like an emotion of peace, it was the universe appears to be at peace. Like when our minds are quiet, you know, you go to a mountain, the mountain's at peace. Talk to an ocean, the ocean's at peace. Like everything, I mean, animals, you know, they have their stresses, but generally peace seems to be the underlying ground of being. The sky is at peace. Clouds are at peace. Buddha behind you. Buddha's at peace. So I wanted to know how could I be at peace, basically, no matter what? How could I be back into that state I experienced when I was 19? I became a philosophy and religion major because I was in college at the time, and I really needed to know, has anybody else experienced this before? And sure enough, the religions all show us, yeah, great saints and sages have found unconditional peace and joy and love and, you know, something really real. So over the years, I started having, um, my background is in Chinese medicine, and then hypnotherapy is my primary thing now, because I realized the mind is the one thing that keeps us from being at peace. Um, The Peace Under All Circumstances book, subtitled The Ten Questions, was 10 questions that people have asked over the years. I'm not the one who came up with these, but things I've heard from my teachers that if you answer those questions properly, You end up at peace. For instance, question one is Who am I? And if you say, Well, I'm just a human being, if you identify with your body and you say, This is just me, I'm only a body, the body can't always be at peace. So, how could you be at peace all the time if you are only a body? Or if you identify with your emotions, you say, Well, I'm the one who gets angry, I'm the one who gets scared, I'm the one who gets sad. How could you ever be at peace all the time if you are an emotional reactive being? And even if you look at your own mind and say, well, I'm the thinker in my head, I'm the neurotic mind, I'm the one who's always worried about finances. And if you're trying to get that thing always at peace, you can't be at peace all the time. So yeah, I'm a monk at heart. I am part of two different monasteries. And, you know, I really dedicated my life, even though I work in the world. Right. I'm all about um, being at peace and bringing peace to others. And the 10 questions is in the whole book, and it's for free on YouTube, um, is an audio book, is just a way to realign our inner being to be in a state of peace, no matter what's happening. Wonderful. That's
0: beautiful. Uh, as we're sort of closing out on season three of Cult of Kindness and heading into season four, our journey is starting to uh, head down the path of self-kindness. And I think that you know so many people are just not kind to themselves and a part of that is largely a sense of peace you know like you have to make peace with yourself and things you've done or things you haven't done um how would individuals learn how to not be so hard on themselves to you know go on
1: this journey to learn about peace and forgiveness Certainly. So when I've worked with clients in the past, um, you know, for years, I've been doing this now for, you know, almost 25 years or so, but I can think about certain clients where I say, okay, how do you feel? And they say, angry or angry at myself, right? Like not being kind to yourself. And I say, well, how would you like to be? And I said, well, not angry. <laughs> I say, well, that's how you don't want to be, but how do you want to be? Eventually you can push someone to say, I just want to be at peace. So we have to understand what gets us to shift from anger or anger towards ourselves or not being at peace To being at peace and the means for that shift is forgiveness is really what it comes down to right, so the 10 questions don't quite use the word forgiveness, but they have one of the questions is, are you willing to let this go. And essentially, that's what forgiveness is it's a letting go. So, we don't really have to create peace, love, joy, bliss, oneness, like that already exists. We have to simply let go of the blocks to the awareness of love's presence. All right. So, if we want to be kind to ourselves, it's nice to say, okay, be nice to yourself. In hypnotherapy, we deal with something called the inner critic, which is the voice essentially of our parents, usually. And it's a voice that's written with guilt um it's just that's the mechanism it uses so once we realize peace really requires yes that we be kind to ourselves but only when we can only do that when we can like let's say you're mad at someone else how are you going to be kind to them when you're still mad at them when we're mad at ourselves when our inner critical voice hasn't really practiced and learned forgiveness you might say peace is even impossible. Like how could you attack someone and be at peace with them? How could you attack yourself and be at peace? So yeah, learning self-love and self-forgiveness, I would suggest is a huge movement towards kindness. Mm, Wow,
0: wonderful. Uh, So you are a hypnotherapist. Um, It's referred to as a mind and body sort of medicine. Uh, please describe to the audience the difference between hypnotherapy and hypnosis.
1: Sure. And it's not necessarily medicine, just for clarity about what it is. Um, medicine implies usually a therapeutic use. However, I love the model that hypnotherapy is like a therapy for the people. We could even leave out the word therapy. It's a the form of facilitation that can help the able to become more able. So it's not always just in a therapeutic context, like when we say medicine or psychology, it's just that we're all human beings. So we all have minds and we all wanna feel better. And what I've discovered over the years is we need to access our deep inner mind, like the heart of our heart, or you can call that the subconscious mind. Because while my conscious mind might say, yeah, I should forgive, I should, you know, With the word should, I should, or I can forgive, I'd like to be kind and at peace, right. um, but I don't feel it here, right, I know what I should, should be thinking, but I don't feel it, if I say, just be nice to yourself, yeah, I hear it, but I don't feel it, we have to get to the heart, and that's the subconscious mind, so you can just do, like, take medicine, make medicine, but does that really heal your heart, you can just do talk therapy, but that doesn't always get to the deep root of the issue. What I found in Chinese medicine is we don't always get to the real root of the issue, which is again, is the deep inner mind. So the way to access that is the hypnotic state. And in some ways, depending on how you define hypnosis, it's the only way to access it. Because by definition, hypnosis means we've gained access to the subconscious mind, right? So that's really what that state is. It's a natural yet altered state of consciousness where we gain access to and communication with the subconscious. So as long as we have access to your inner child, your emotional self, the part that feels bad, right. then essentially that's hypnosis. It's a gateway to that part. But then hypnotherapy is using powerful transformational modalities to help to resolve the issues of that part, We might say to heal that part. And that part is, is very much the wounded inner child, or you could say it's the shadow self, the part of us we don't want to look at but that we do really need to look at. Hypnosis and basic speak um, is that we can just reprogram that mind. We can put you into hypnosis and say, you're now being kind. You're now being loving. You now forgive yourself. But direct suggestions like that are only marginally effective because you don't know if the deep inner mind is going to really accept that and make the change. But in hypnotherapy, we can go much deeper to what are all those negative beliefs you hold about yourself? Mm. What are all those negative emotions? What are all the negative decisions you made? Like, I'm unlovable, I'm a bad person, I'm gonna keep my heart closed. How do we change that? And you know, I think a lot of people can relate to like, I feel worthless and not good enough. I feel useless, bad, and stupid. All right, And I'm angry and I'm hurt and I'm sad. We're all walking around with these negative beliefs and emotions and they're buried, you know, held deep inside of us. Hypnotherapy offers a direct way into that that anybody, even without a medical license or being a psychologist can use. So uh, yeah, Dear Teacher Mine called it a therapy for the people. Um, mm-hmm. And again, not even having to be therapeutic or in the realm of medicine, just a way that people can help other people.
0: Wonderful, yes. Uh, gosh, that's so good. I mean, a lot of people don't even realize their inner child is preventing them from feeling or experiencing so many things. Uh, what would you suggest for someone who is interested in tapping into this, but afraid because they don't know how they'll emotionally handle it?
1: Yeah, well, there's like, what can you do on your own? And then there's just working with the professional. As far as working with the professional, uh, I would recommend people reach out to our school. we where a state licensed hypnotherapy school and we have highly qualified graduates and they would offer a free consultation. So somebody could, there's one resource for sure. You know, it's, I know a reliable resource not to just plug my own work, but it's right. the best answer I have to the question is call a state licensed hypnotherapy school ask for a referral to a graduate, like a high-ranking graduate or a staff member even, who would offer a free consultation. And in a free consultation, you, or even if you pay for just like a half hour of somebody's time, some of our graduates prefer to do that, you can just ask your questions. Is it safe? You know, can it work on this issue? Um, yet in podcasts, I like to also empower your audience to know what to do on their own. So like, what would you do if you realize So first realize you do have a heart, you do have an inner child, you do have an emotional self. And realize you may have suffered enough, right? Like realizing I'm struggling against myself, I'm fighting against myself, I haven't got to where I wanna be. Realize the problem is inside. Instead of blaming the outside, you know, oh, okay. Like What's the one common denominator to all my suffering? Me. (laughs) But it's not just your conscious mind, It's your subconscious, the inner child. The inner child, that emotional self, manifests as physical feelings. So one good thing to do for somebody who's maybe listening to this is practice just stopping and being still. I call it the 10-minute pause, right? Just um, 10-minute timeout. Sit down for 10 minutes, anytime during the day. No TV, no phone, no social media. Just sit there. You can call it meditation if you want, but just sit still and ask, am I okay inside? Am I filled with peace and love and bliss and joy? Am I wonderfully happy and successful? Or do I have a problem in there? Once you acknowledge there's a problem in there and you just set the intention, all you need is like the motivation to realize I have a problem. I want to resolve it. That motivation is all that I know as a facilitator. All I have to do is create motivation. So if you can just get someone to realize you've suffered enough, the problem is inside, you stopped and you looked then you'll start asking the right questions. You'll find the books, you'll find the teachers, you'll find the podcasts, you'll find the YouTube videos, but you have to acknowledge <laughs> there is a problem. It is inside of each one of us. Mm-hmm. And yeah, just stop and look at it. And then yes, hypnotherapy is a great way to get professional facilitation to clear that.
0: Okay,
1: oh, gosh. thank you so much for that.
0: Uh, earlier, you referred to yourself as um, a monk. Uh, when did you realize in your life that you, uh, felt this sense of peace and that you wanted to have the opportunity to share it with others.
1: Well, part of being a monk is not necessarily realizing you're not at peace, just like I was saying before. Um, like you know, quite often in a monastic sense, you hear about like the old Christian monks being in their cell, and you just sit there alone by yourself. Right. And part of why you do that is because you realize you're not at peace. You've got you know, you hear about the older, like you know, the 1500s the Spanish mystics, these Spanish um monks and nuns. They would just sit alone and talk about like, these inner demons like but really you're just looking at your anger your hurt your pain so when i woke up spiritually when i was 19 it was just a glimpse of what it meant to be enlightened and yet that glimpse which happens for a lot of people when they wake up spiritually it's just a glimpse but then all the dark clouds come back over you again right you're back with it's not like you know all your karma or your issues are just gone so i realized like anybody else, I have my own hurt, my own fear, my own anger, my own guilt, my own sadness, my own stuff. And so to me, what it means to be more of a monastic is to be dedicated to clearing that stuff at all costs, right? Peace under all circumstances, because if we really want world peace, that does begin with us. Sounds like a cliche, right? The change you want to see in the world that begin with you, right? Yeah. So um I was in college at nineteen and became a philosophy religion major. But I was like, "What do you do with that?" And really, I just wanted to live in a monastery, and I did. I spent five years living in different spiritual communities. But you know, I had parents who still do uh, who are like, "Come on, go get a job, go get a career." So I honestly felt a lot of pressure to make money, and that's probably the only reason I'm still not living in a monastery. But what I realized being in the world is, I have a calling, and I have books, I have teachings, I have a school, I have a lot of students now. To me, it's like being a monk in the world, right? The old model of just sitting alone in the cave doesn't actually, it might transform the individual to a degree, but I have a teacher, he said, there's no such thing as individual enlightenment, there's only enlightened action, Mm -hmm. right? So like I could sit in a cave saying, I'm enlightened, but so what? (laughs) If there's still 8 billion people suffering, how have I become part of the solution for everybody to be in that state. So to me, yeah, um, a monastic calling could still be like I live alone on the top of a mountain, like literally. <laughs> um, wow. So I, I really am a monk at heart. But because there's a mission and a calling, I'm actively doing what I need to do to help to relieve human suffering. I think that's what it comes down to in Buddhism. Again, you get your Buddha behind you. Um, in Buddhism, it's called the bodhisattva vow. It's realization that until all beings are free of suffering. I won't be free of suffering, like your lack is my lack, your pain is my pain, because in oneness consciousness, we realize that, that we're all the same self, so to me, yeah, being monastic, taking bodhisattva vows is to say, of course, I want my own individual peace and love and joy, but um, in A Course in Miracles, it teaches basically, we all go together, or we don't go at all, so yeah, it's really been about being of service to others when it comes down to it, and of course, you got to make money in the world, you know, in hypnotherapy, was a great way to balance that with hypnotherapy, you could have a great career, and you can help other people in deeply spiritual ways.
0: Oh, yeah. Thank you for that also. Yeah. Uh, when reading about you, I saw that you have a course in miracles. Uh, could you tell the audience a bit about that?
1: Yeah. Anybody who hasn't got into a course in miracles, I absolutely recommend looking into it. Um, the course is free and it's priceless, so you shouldn't really have to charge for it. But in our school, I did a ten-hour CEU course for our graduates to be able to get continuing education hours in a Course in Miracles. But generally, um, Course in Miracles groups are usually free. Um, they're not. It's not like there's a guru or one specific teacher who knows more. Where it's like a Knights of the Round right. Table model, like right. we all just sit around and talk and share. And there might be a facilitator who's leading the group. Um, generally, the course came about, I believe, in the 1970s by a, a woman named Helen Shuckman and her partner, William Thetford. They were working in a medical psychiatric establishment, and it was their supervisor who said, you know, there is so much negativity in our, you know, in our work environment. There's got to be a better way. And Helen said she took it on herself to find a better way. Um, the way she explains it is because of her willingness then a higher wisdom started, you might say, channeling or speaking through her. So she's, her name is not on the cover of the book. The okay. source that's speaking is much wiser than any human being. It's, you might say it's scripture. You might say it's revealed. Um, but I would just say any individual can take it at face value. Just look at it and say, what's the message? Doesn't matter how it got here. Doesn't matter who the messenger is. Just what's the message? The message is simply a miracle. Which is a mental shift. Miracles are mental. And they're shifts from fear to love, from illusion to truth, from chaos to peace. And so what is it teaching? We all want peace, we all want love, we all want joy. And it's teaching a way to get there. Um, it is a Christian theology, so you have to filter through some of those words, and it's written only in masculine pronouns, which you know you have to be willing to accept as well. But once you right. get to What's the teaching? So, if you just pick up A Course of Miracles from page one, you'd be like reading the Bible from page one. You really want to grasp the essence of it. So, it's good yeah. to have a primer that introduces somebody. I recommend Marianne Williamson's book, um, A Return to Love. Okay. Marianne Williamson, A Return to Love. Um, it's an audiobook for free on YouTube. And you'll just hear her talking as a normal, average person um, saying, like, you know, I had my own pain, and this is how the Course helped me to resolve my pain. And um, it's a profound philosophy. It's a profound psychology, if you will. But at mm-hmm. the same time, it's just an immensely practical way to learn forgiveness, which is the means of the miracle, the essence of the atonement or the atonement, one the coming back to wholeness, is knowing what a miracle is. And miracles are meant to be natural. They're meant to be happening all the time. And if they're not happening, the Course says something has gone wrong. So it really teaches us how to get our mind to the place where we can let go Of falsehoods, let go of illusion, let go of illusion, delusion, and error, and just simply return to peace, love, and joy. It's a very practical, um, exceptionally beautiful way to do that and very theologically sound. There's no contradictions or mistakes in it. It's just a very profound way to return to peace that really would work for anybody who's open to it. But the Course itself teaches it's not necessary for everybody, but for those who feel the calling for it, it's a very valid path to return to peace. Oh, wonderful, thank you so much.
0: Uh, Matthew, for individuals who would like to either book with you or uh, just learn more about you, please let the audience know where they can find you.
1: Yeah, instituteofhypnotherapy.com is the best place to go if people are looking for private sessions. I'm not always available for private sessions at this stage of my career, but if you call our school, just say, you know, I've got some challenges, um, we can definitely refer you to the right person. And then, yeah, anybody interested, of course, in hypnotherapy training, instituteofhypnotherapy.com. If you want to go into some of my deeper meditative teachings, which are all totally free, you can go to onlinemonastery.com. And that goes into a um, about a 100-hour meditation system for those who are like, really serious about going deep. But even the most basic teachings get you started on a solid meditative path. So yeah, Institute of Hypnotherapy.com or OnlineMonastery.com.
0: Beautiful. Thank you so much. And again, audience, our book of the month for June will be Matthew Brownstein's Peace Under All Circumstances, the 10 Questions. Matthew, thank you so much for being on with us.
1: Thank you, Marcy. It's my pleasure. Please, I Appreciate you having me on.
0: All right. Thank you all. Take care.